Blog Talk Radio.
everybody doing this beautiful, beautiful day right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes with your host, Evangelist Groby Pope and Minister Derek Tuggles in the house. What's going on, Mr. D? What's going on, y'all? What's going on? What's going on, man? I'm having a good time here at the uh, Kanye's Olympic International Horse Park attending the Black Rodeo. Ain't no black folk rode horses. I'm just saying. Uh, suck it, suck it now. Sister Peppercorn, did you hear that? Sister Peppercorn is in the house. I know you ain't on no horses. I know you, you broke the horse back. Don't broke his back. <laughs> See, one thing I understood. I wasn't called to ride horses. I was called to watch people ride horses. I was called to watch, uh, not to ride. So basically, you on location at the horse, black horse show. Yes, sir. I was just we gonna say here. the wind is blowing mighty high in your area. Yeah, and we having a good time out here. Uh, it, it's it, it's a little funky out here. I will say it, it, it's it's a it's a it's an odor in the air. Yes, you, you fit right in. Have... You fit right in there. You fit right in. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of your hair riding around on the back of these horses. Oh no, <laughs> that's funny. That ain't even funny. But anyway, but yeah, I ain't we have, but Yeah, you know, you got people, black men out here riding the bull. You know, you know, you know, they jumping around on the on the bull, and right. the, the bull yeah. throwing them off. And yeah, they done they done well, had to tow a couple of them off. Anybody that might want to give some horses away, cause I I want me a horse. I want me a horse. I I, I just gotta have one. Uh, I don't think people giving horses away. No, they're not doing. I'm that. just saying. No, they're not getting horses. Don't worry, sister. I got you. I got. I get you a horse. If I if I had no, they gonna be out there. I got you a horse. Oh, that's so sweet. I got you. Oh. Uh, well, I tell you, we got a good. Uh, <laughs> don't say nothing else to you. We gonna we gonna have a grand time today. We got the horse baddie, black rodeo over there. We got the black rodeo uh, horsemen over there too. Uh huh. Yep. All of. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with the, you know, the rodeo with, the, you know, with our white brothers and sisters. But I didn't know they had a black rodeo. Oh, you didn't now, know. Uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't know did. they had a black rodeo. I, I do. I do. Because I, I come over here. I go over there. Oh, in Marietta. You know, in Marietta. Jim Parker. What's the name of that place over there? Uh, the Jim Miller. Yeah, Jim Miller Park. That's what it is. They had a black rodeo yeah, right this- over there. That's where you at. I, no, this is called a Bill Pickett Rodeo. That was called Bill Pickett. Oh, now you I will say, yeah, you had to be you had to be called to this because the first time I fall off a horse, I quit right then. And the ground quit too. Mhm. <laughs> the first time. <laughs> see, I'm not listening to her. The first time I fall off the bull, that was my last day. That would be my last day, too. <laughs> she got Joseph. <laughs> hey, we got a beautiful show. Look, 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 look. We got Mr. D at the Black Rose. Sister Peppercorn in the studio talking around. I tell you, she's talking some stuff. But we got Queen of Gospel, the number first Queen of Gospel, Mahalia Jackson. We're going to be celebrating her today right here on Glorious Gospel Vibe. I need y'all to stay tuned. If you want to learn a little bit about Mahalia, you can just tune in right here. Right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes, baby. Glorious Gospel Vibes, baby. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I tell you, I tell you, before we get caught, Mr. D, I guess you don't have no uh, gospel news for the day since you out there in the uh, wilderness of the field. Yeah, I got news. Well, you ain't never had number four. So I hope you're going to be talking about some cowboys out there. I listen. Look, my news is don't ride horses and bulls unless you have good insurance and some inflammatories and some Epsom salt. That means you ain't gonna feel so good, but Fred Hammond, dude, we gonna play a little Fred Hammond. I feel good, and I ain't talking about James Brown. I feel good, y'all. Oh, he feel good about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I tell you, he's been right here with you every day. And matter of fact, I wanted Sister Peppercorn today to lead us in the prayer before we we play. I feel good by Fred Hammond. Lord. I, I, what? 
rhythm. I said that they have it too. You know, you know when you when you he got that rhythm in his music. That's what I like. You know, I like that. I do too. Every good. But look here. We want to celebrate the Queen of Gospel, Mahalia Jackson. I tell you on today, we gonna to run a little, stu- a little something, something by y'all. Let y'all know a little bit about Mahalia. We gonna be giving her you some background on how her, how she started out, how her life was, um, how the music, how uh, and play some of her her, her music. And, and those of you that's a Mahalia Jackson lover, like I am. I would like for you to join in. Get, if you have any questions or comments, call into the station. You'll be calling the uh, area code 347 right here on Glorious Gospel Vibe. So let's get crunk. Let's get crunk. Let me tell you a little bit about Mahalia. When she started out, she was about, okay, 16 years old. Around, around about 16, she's been singing a long time. But at 16, she stepped off the train in Chicago. And, uh, and and that was about uh, 1927. Uh, she had an idea that her move to the city uh, signaled the beginning of her journey from live-in maid and a babysitter. That's what she used to do to the world's greatest gospel singer that that uh, ever lived in on this earth. I'm telling you, that she was awesome. She could not have known that she would uh, not only help to create and refine the most arresting music of the last half of the 20th century, nor that she would sing before kings and presidents, for she was born in one of the poorest sections of town, and to a mother and father who, despite remaining friends, never married. Mm, You know who that sound like? That sound like me. I don't mind you knowing. Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. We we cannot uh, uh, change what has happened in the past, but I tell you, we can go forward in our victory. Mahalia, as she was originally named, uh, she was born October 16, 1911, to Charity Clark and Johnny Jackson, Jr., in one of the most modest sections of New Orleans. Mm, Louisiana girl. But before she could walk, she was responding to music of the choir at her family's church, Plymouth Rock Rock Baptist Church. At four, with a voice twice as big as her body, they used to call her, she had a nickname called Hallie. They used to call her Hallie, not Mahalia. They they kind of cut it short and just called her Hallie, which ranged before the Plymouth Rock pulpit in its children's choir, singing loud and clear, Jesus loves me. Yes, I know. For the Bible tells me so. And within the next few years, she was a member of the junior choir at Mount Moriah Baptist Church, where she could vent her already developed rhythmic sense in their favorite jubilee, Hand Me Down, My Silver Trumpet, Gabrielle. And as she entered her teens, her musical style came under the influence of the music of a sanctified church. You know, back in the days, they had that sanctified church where they used to tear down some stuff, you know. That's all right. That's all right. We we used to shout and tear all our clothes off almost, I'm telling you, which opened a few doors for her from home. She had many opportunities to hear this music, for unlike the Baptists, with their once-a-week night service, you know, they had a, a Tuesday night service, Wednesday night prayer meeting, you know, building a, a, a night and all kind of other nights. The sanctified saints would meet two or three evenings each week with services lasting almost till midnight. Y'all know how y'all used to be in church all night long and you go home and Monday, you're so tired you can't even go to work. While they had no piano, they had no 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 drums, no nothing. Their strong and piercing voices accompanied uh, 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 tambourines and cymbals and triangles. Mahalia later reported that the rhythm and the beat of the singer stirred her very soul, and she was determined to add these elements to her own singing. And in '66, her autobiography, "Moving On Up," she recalled the spirit. She said, "I know now." I know now that a great influence in my life was the sanctified or holiness churches we had in the South. They know how they did it down South, down home. Oh, I was always a Baptist, but there was a sanctified church right next door to my house in New Orleans. And she said they used to tear the roof off the house. Oh, I can understand. I've been in New Orleans, old church churches. 
Man, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I came from St. Patrick. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Okay. We stand up. We stand up. We're going here. I ain't going to hold you. <laughs> Those people had no choir, no organ. They just tear it up. But they, but they did have some drums, some cymbals, tambourines, some the steel triangle. Everybody in there sang, and they clapped and feet and sang with their whole bodies. They had a beat, a powerful beat, a rhythm that was going on that would have tears in your eyes. But let me tell you about back to Mahalia. After the influence on the singing of uh, of the young Mahalia was the blues, Mamie Smith, Betsy Smith, and Gertrude Ma Rainey. Though she lived in a strict Baptist household, she would spend hours at the homes of friends listening to great blues women of the 20s. And by the age of 15, her vocal style had just been set. Uh, From Betsy Smith to Ma Rainey, she borrowed a deep and dark resonance, which uh, complemented her own timbre. From the Baptist church, she inherited the moaning and bending of final notes and phrases. She tore it up. So I'm going to let y'all hear a little bit of uh, how uh, Mahalia deep-throated symphonies. I call them symphonies. They was just awesome, and I, I kind of like that. You know, they, they call we they, we call it vibrato now. You know, that's what they call it now. But back then, they didn't call it vibrato. So right here, Mahalia Jackson in the house with how I got over. Y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Play it.
and uh, it, it, she said you couldn't even make a joyful noise. Everybody was all packed down on top of each other. So she was rescued from that dilemma, and she was joined by these three brothers. Now these three brothers it was called the Johnson brothers, Robert, Prince, and Wilbur, and Louise Lemon in their group was in their group. Now the Johnson singers, that's what they were called, the Johnson singers. They became one of one of uh, not only the stars of the Great Salem Baptist Church, pastored by the father of the Johnson brothers, but became the first organized group to circulate in that city. Now, that, that, now that's something to think about. When you when you can become the first, you those are the ones you don't know. You just don't forget because evidently they're doing some new stuff. And every time something new, a new phase come around then you know that these people here, uh, people are going to pay more attention to them. And now uh, Mahalia, she would get loose and sing uh, as much as she could with these brothers. I'm telling you, they called her back then Haley. See, they didn't call uh, Haley. Haley, Haley, some call her Haley, some call her Haley. But that was her, her little nickname back then. And uh, she said, this is the way now you really get down in the South when she got with them. So after a few years with the Johnson Singers, Mahalia, as she now chose to call herself, she went on back, began her solo career. Now, she was accompanied on piano by a teenager. Her name was Evelyn Gay from the Church of God in Christ, who, with her sister called Evelyn, could play by ear. Oh, and, and Mahalia enjoyed that vocal style. She loved it, and she thought that she could really be more versatile singing like this and this is a sound that the Thomas A. Dorsey heard now he he, he enjoyed you, you, now Thomas A. Dorsey for people that who don't know who Thomas A. Dorsey was did most of the writing he did most of the writing of all of the uh, public, do, uh, public domain songs a lot of it so if you get your public domain book and you look at time, you're going to find his name uh, Thomas Thomas A. Dorsey you're going to find that right there Mm-hmm. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I already knew about that. You always know everything, though. You know everything. That's all right. You my girl. You my girl. Mm-hmm. That's what you say. Anyway, Mm-mm-mm. now, when he heard Mahalia in 1928, he asked her to serve as his song demonstrator. So she did. She didn't even. She didn't accept it back then. She didn't even accept it until 1937. Mm-mm-mm-mm. When she, uh, when or when she was about what into about a fourteen-year-old relationship mm, with who? None other than Thomas A. Dorsey. Mm-hmm. There you go. See, sometimes it's not who or what you know; it's who you know. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't know that. When Mahalia was given the opportunity to sing for a teacher, she chose a Negro spiritual, and the uh, studio pianist. Started to uh, started the song so slow that Mahalia sang the song faster and louder and encouraged a change in tempo. And after she completed her song, the professor pointed directly at Mahalia and said, "Young woman, you gotta stop hollering as loud as you can. Stop all that hollering. That's no way to develop a voice, and it's no credit to Negro race. White people could never understand what you're saying." Oh, it was on then. I know it was on then. See, I know if it had been me, it ain't you. It wasn't you. It wasn't you. Don't, don't, don't even try it. Don't do it. Well, I just said if it had been me. Lord, pray for her. But I tell you, she did not like what he had said. And uh, the studio piano started to sound so slow. She just couldn't take it. She couldn't take it no more. So she left his studio. And then after that, uh, the lady who sang gospel at one of the inaugurated parties that the president of John F. Kennedy came over uh, uh, and gave her voice lessons. Mm-hmm. Now, that, that experience did, did not detour Mahalia for she continued to sing. And by thir- uh, 1937, her reputation had become so great, so great. I'll tell you that... Um, she was being picked up by the big time. I tell you, big time people. See, that's what I'm telling you. When you, when you, it's, when you be around people that's in the business, and you know, and, and God, God gonna lead you. If you, you got to trust in God, so you know who to be with and or who to be around. Now she was around the great Frank J. Hawkins, an important, uh, he's an important deacon in her church, who uh, also was a dentist. Introduced her to Ink Williams, and he was of Decca Records. 
Ink Williams was J. Mayo Williams. I'm telling you, he, he was born in 1894, and he died in 1980. One of the most important African-American director of Decca Records. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was on then. I tell you, she she kind of blew up after that, y'all. I'm, I, I just want to pause and just tell y'all, she, she kind of blew up after that because that experience really put her on top. Uh, with Decca Records. Mahalia accompanied Estelle Allen on piano and recorded four sides with Decca. And Mahalia wanted to use the organ on gospel, which had not ever been done before. Now, she was one of the first ones to use that organ. You know, when you got that B3 organ, you got something to deal with. But I tell you, I want I want you to just check out this his song, Walk in Jerusalem. When you walk in Jerusalem with Mahalia Jackson, you got you something going on. Right here on Glorious Gospel Vibes, Walk in Jerusalem by I'm a good watcher. See, I know how to stay well, in my lane. Well, you didn't watch that in seminary. So I don't know why you're trying to watch the horses now. Okay, we okay back to my head. <laughs> what you going to do? Ooh, I don't understand. Well, anyway, let's stay back to my head. Now, now, y'all know she left Decker. She had to leave Decker. Uh, and she opened up a, a, a beauty salon 
because she went to school at Madam C.J. Walker's famous beauty school. And I tell you, you know, you, when you got, you have, sometimes you have to do what you got to do. That's what they say. You have to do what you got to do to keep a roof open. That's right. Keep uh-huh. things going on. I, I, I tell you, sometimes you just can't just do one thing. You got to do about five things. How many things you doing today, Mr. Uh, uh, about seven or eight. That's what I thought. That, yeah. Well, I do a lot it's of stuff, multi- too. Y'all, y'all don't put me It's called that. multitasking. Yeah, that's what they call it. Well, she had to multitask, I tell you. But now, that didn't last for long because I tell you, you know, she had to get up out of there because she, she had a spirit of singing and it was just it was just beating on her chest to get out. And I tell you, she was so anxious to show people what she could do. And I tell you, that entrepreneurial stuff didn't just didn't work too long for her. But in the fall of uh, 1948, she sang for a promoter, and his name was Johnny Myers, at New York's Golden Gate Auditorium. Well, she impressed Myers so much that she arranged an audition with Best Bergman, owner of the Apollo Records. Bergman had under contract such performers as uh, Billy Daniels, Arnett Cobb, Dinah Washington, and the gospel singers Georgia Peach, and the Dixie Hummingbirds. But hey, your audition for the Apollo, and went, it went well, but there were several days of negotiations, and before that, she knew it, she was recording again. And around about uh, October of 1946, with her pianist, uh, Ro- uh, Rosalind McKinney, she recorded four songs. I want to I wanna rest. He knows my heart. I'm going to tell God all about it, and I'm going to wait until the change comes once again. Oh, my. Those recordings, I tell you, took her to a whole new high, a whole new high in the gospel arena. The best uh, Bergman gave her uh, some thought to dropping her at first from the label, but he just she did she didn't at first, but finally she did. However, gain some attention through exposure and, uh, on Studs Turkle's radio broadcast, which helped secure dates for her. And she began to sing all over. The song had been uh, the song that, that she had been singing secured her, and she began to sing with composer Theodore Oliver one of the uh, Herbert Brewster, he, she sung with him. She took trips all over uh, Chicago, all over New York. She went everywhere, and I tell you, she became a, a household name. So I'm going to tell y'all, I want to play one more, uh, a couple more of her songs so y'all can get a little more familiar with familiar, uh, Mahalia. And she said she woke up in glory one day, and she said, I tell you in my dream, but when I do wake up in glory, I'm gonna let you know where I'm really gonna be. Mahalia Jackson will tell you where she been when she wake up in glory. I shall fall asleep someday. Oh, 
we got a little technical difficulties in the, in the uh, studio right now, but that's all right. I tell you, that's when uh, I wake up in glory, Mahalia Jackson. Oh, bless the Lord. That's that's one of those, ooh, I think that was a 1927 one there. I think, ooh. But let's go back to uh, a little bit about it before we uh, close out on uh, Mahalia. You know, she um, ended up doing one more year at the Apollo. And uh, she wanted to, uh, 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 she met this guy, Art Freeman, which uh, became her producer at Apollo. And he wanted her to uh, sing a song, uh, a recorder song that he had heard uh, her sing in the studio as a warm up on her previous session. The song had been uh, so repetitiously secured by Mahalia by fellow singer and composer Theodore Ara Fry. Now, uh, on one of W. Herbert Brewster's trips to Chicago with his Brewsterners, they had a, a group called the Brewsterners, where they performed his new composition, Move On Up a Little Higher. Fry asked the group to repeat the song and, unknown to them, recorded it on a rather crude tape recorder. Now, he talked the song to Mahalia and claimed ownership for a very long time. Now, this was a song that Freeman wanted her to record. With pianist James Lee, another New Orleans singer, and James Blind uh, Francis, Mahalia recorded Moving On Up a Little Higher, September 12, 1947. The recording, not released until 1948, created the biggest phenomenon in gospel date, Record stores couldn't even secure enough copies to fill the demand, and Mahalia was finally the star that she had been working towards since 1927. Uh, Dr. D.V. Jemison, the National Baptist Convention president, declared Mahalia official soloist of National Baptist Convention president, declared Mahalia official soloist. Isn't that something? She was the, the uh, official soloist of the of all those types of conventions that they had from that time on. They completely new position based on the success of that recording. Now it was a new fame for Mahalia. Now she's like, wow, you know, once they get up, they start going to television. Her first network show, uh, gospel singing on a weekly basis. She was hired by CBS in 1954 for a weekly show of which she was the most and the host. <laughs> she became a star. She was. She therefore the first broadcast the pure sanctified style of gospel. Was introduced on radio about nine thirty PM on a Sunday. Sunday evening. September twenty sixth, nineteen fifty four. Accompanied by Mildred Falls on piano, Ralph Jones on organ, and a and a white quartet conducted by the show's musical director Jack Halloran. Mm-hmm. It was on now, y'all. Yeah, it was on now. But she, I tell you, she she showed up and showed out. I tell you, how she then she when she was with. Oh, you know, she met Martin Luther King and all that. She performed for the, everybody. Unfortunately, now. That show signaled a change in Mahalia Jackson's style. Mm-hmm. When she was permitted to sing with piano and organ only, she delivered pure gospel. And when she straddled with uh, Jack Halloran's quartet, it was an unsuccessful mix of gospel and dry barbershop singing. Mm-mm, she ain't like that. Mm-mm. She didn't like the crossover. Mahalia became a crossover at the time. And I'll tell you, she started doing both. She became a crossover singer, an artist singing for blacks and whites. Mm-hmm. So successful was that on November 1954, she had her first recording session with Columbia Records. Yes, she did. And in addition to the Falls of Joan, Columbia added Art Ryerson on guitar, Frank Carroll on bass, and Bunny Shocker on drums. Once again, she delivered her best singing with piano and organ, while Rusty Old Hallow, ah, a rusty old halo. That's what halo. I say halo. Yeah, that's what Ralph said. What's a halo? I mean a halo. Sorry about that. Her former sessions for the top 40 charts. It was her Sunday morning session at 1954 Newport Jazz Festival that caught the real Mahalia Jackson. Didn't it rain? And it don't cost very much. Uh, absolute jewels from this session. Now, those are some more songs. She got so many songs, y'all. I couldn't play them on, on this broadcast. But I want you to, I'm going to close out this broadcast today 
with a celebration to Mahalia Jackson, the Lord's Prayer. The way she sung the Lord's Prayer back then put chill bumps on you. I'm telling you, it's a lot of people that sung the Lord's Prayer, beautiful uh, renditions of it. But this one, I'm telling you, I'm going to bring it to you. The Lord's Prayer by Mahalia Jackson. And don't y'all forget it.